I screwed it up again. It's okay. Oh, God. <laughs> the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Get off the loop. That's here. awesome. Well, that was in light of, uh, I guess, Judgment Day was a couple of, couple of days ago, August uh, 20-something, 1997. But we lived through that, and now we're in the Twilight Zone anyway. So I guess we didn't dodge a bullet with T2. Anyway, uh, everyone... Uh, Welcome back. Uh, Tom, you want to introduce everybody? Because he mutes. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, I'm uh, Bebop, and uh, this is uh, inspiring with Mr. Cooper. We have the lovely What's Gator, up, everybody? And we have the awesome Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled, a great podcast. Adam, why don't you tell everyone about, because uh, you can do it better than I can, um, for sure. Just the concept of your your podcast with your your mother in law, which I fell in love with the moment I heard about it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I just um, I do a podcast. Um, we're kind of on hiatus right now, but I'm reaching out to people to um, come on and start going up going again in September. So, um, but it's uh, it's my mother in law, my blue pilled, normie, um, upper class, liberal. Uh, atheist jew mother-in-law um <laughs> me exposing her to uh all sorts of conspiracies and uncomfortable truths and just making her feel uh weird in her formative years well, somebody's got to do ruining right? her uh, <laughs> yeah her her 70 year old worldview. 
<laughs> so how does she take take a lot of the things that you throw at her? Does she really trip out on it or nah she's she's pretty um she's kind of like a uh codependent person so she'll kind of go along with you and say what you want to hear um some stuff makes her really uncomfortable she doesn't like the idea of like white people owning guns um things like that she'll like react negatively towards but everything else she'll just kind of sit there and listen the challenge of the show is keeping her engaged but she's pretty uh pretty pretty well down the rabbit hole and knows what's up she's not going to change anything in her life because she doesn't want to make anybody uncomfortable or anything like that but she knows all all about stuff she i mean she is she came on the show uh loving don lemon and she knows that's all bs now um i got her red pilled on pedo stuff on 9 11 uh she'll say openly that we didn't go to the moon I'm pretty sure she's a flat earther. She won't admit to that one, but I know she's uh, pretty, pretty much there. So, yeah, it's going good. Um, we're coming back in September, and we're just going to concentrate on on parapolitical stuff. That's what I'm the most into, and uh, yeah, it's been nice having the summer off. So, cool. Cause that whole concept though is just like one of the best for a podcast ever. I think, dude. So you came up with a really great idea, I think. <laughs> the only other uh, the only other podcast I was ever invited on to that I, I had to kind of like smile for a good 10 minutes after. And it doesn't even really come close and nothing against the host or whatever. But it's a podcast called uh, My My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. It just, mm -hmm. rem it just reminded me of Deborah Gets Red Pilled. I just, I don't know. But, yeah. but that's even better. You know what I mean? Like. But yeah, no, that was great. Uh, who have you had on on the podcast? Who have I had on? Yes, yeah, we've some had of the, all. Some of the we're great, like 200, uh, 200 episodes in, so we've had we've had uh, all the conspiracy, the low level conspiracy podcast circuit normies, um, yeah. multiple times. You know, um, I mean, I've had uh, the good ones. I've had I had Alex Stein on. I had uh, Bart Sabrell on twice. Um, wow. All sorts, you know, all sorts of people. Um, yeah, yeah but, some, good, yeah, some good, some some good, some bad. You do 200 episodes, you find out who's full of shit and who's not. So, <laughs> way of weeding them out. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> you have a wish list at all? Oh like yeah, a... we've had uh, you know, we've had uh, the whole America Unplugged crew on. Uh, Billy Ray. We've had Don Jeffries on. Don Jeffries coming on again. We've had Tony. Um, Chris has been on a couple times. Um, yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, uh, that's cool. And I, I wanted you and Dana to be able to meet each other too. Cause uh, I think you guys could have a great conversation down the road too. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I figured out that he was the person that messaged me asking about coming on the show and I the, told you, had I filtered told you. out the spam from the ex Scientologist. So it's all worked out now. I told you, <laughs> I told you that Dana, I told you his stuff. I've had anyway. a lot of ex-Scientology. I am, I am a, crazy, I a religious zealot, but it's not Scientology, so. <laughs> that's, that's, fine. <laughs> that's fine. I I, uh, I don't have any anything, really, to be honest. I have uh, creativity. That's about it. Um, so, Tom, your thoughts? What's going on today? How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, this is great having Adam and, and Dana on. Um, 
I've been hanging out with the wife, man. That's what I do, brother. I like hanging out with my wife. So that's that's pretty much my life. <laughs> yeah. Come home, Tom, man. you live in uh, you live in Salem. Yes, sir. Got it. That explains the uh, the meth addiction. Uh, yeah, but I'm from San Diego, California, so okay, that it. would that would explain it even more too. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> back in the day, Alcohol in California was the meth capital of the United States. Um, yeah. They also they also had an, a cult out there, a rainbow cult that was uh, this. I don't know how true this is, but this was the word on the street that they were kidnapping babies, uh, killing them, and using their bones to make the methamphetamine with. Yeah. So, really, good night, folks. Yeah. That bone meth. Interesting. Yeah, that, Send bone. me stuff about that, Tom. That's interesting. I will. I will look into it. Yeah. What well, What was the name of the cult? Uh, the Rainbow Cult. The Rainbow Cult. Were they related to the Rainbow Family? That I don't, I'm not sure. That's what I was wondering. I've heard of uh, It's a good possibility um, that, you know, the bikers and all them dudes were, all them people were making massive amounts of meth down there in the early 80s. Right. A lot of cult activity. Around the time of the, um, that school, the um, Satanic Panic stuff. McMartin. McMartin. Yes. Okay. So that's like right. 83, 84. It. Yeah, 1983, 84, around there. Mm -hmm. Then the trial went the rest of the 80s. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, on that note, um, yeah, I have to look into that too, Tom. I just, uh, yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff. Oh, it's been a long time, guys. So, you know what I mean? I just, I remember little bits and pieces of hearing it from when I was a kid. So, so the idea was that they, they would ground up the the baby bones and yes and make it with the methamphetamine apparently Ugh. i don't know i wasn't doing meth back then so i couldn't say <laughs> right, right. <laughs> i was Touché. just a kid so <laughs> your yeah. career i get you yeah career that's yeah kind of <laughs> that's one that's a funny way to say it anyway so uh so adam uh we were talking before uh off the air a couple of weeks ago and you actually got a hold of a, a book that you're currently reading right about the, the patriot movement like the infiltration that actually predates oklahoma city waco ruby ridge and it's like about the whole pat con yeah thing. it's uh yeah. it's a book written in 1989 called the silent brotherhood yeah and uh it's hard to find. It's not like a $300 book like one of those. I found it on, I think I found it on thrift books or something like that. Yeah. But it's good. It um, And it's written before OKC and Waco and Ruby Ridge. But it deals with uh, this guy, Bob Matthews, yep. who was like a teenage John Bircher. Bircher, sorry. And um, yeah, and he... Uh, graduate he eventually like uh i think he lived in texas and um eventually moved up to northern idaho and had uh dealings with all the the um aryan nation stuff and he got sick and tired of people just talking about it not being about it and he uh he went out and recruited a bunch of dudes that were all about it and uh yeah they uh transform themselves into normal law-abiding citizens to um kind of fledgling 
um, small time crooks who would rob like porn shops and drug dealers into uh, finally getting their getting their stuff together and uh, graduating to robbing Brinks trucks. And uh, they had a whole nationwide, um, you know, syndicate. And uh, they had guys like inside the uh, the, the West Coast Brinks um, operation in San Francisco who were like giving them tips. And uh, they ended up um, pulling a couple uh, small time uh robberies to the Brinks trucks at um, Fred Myers, which is our Kroger in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And uh, they have been, they actually uh, robbed the same guy like twice in three weeks, the same Brinks driver. And then um, they went down to uh, Ukiah, California, which is a, a place that comes up in a lot of uh, weird culty stuff from the 70s and 80s. It's yeah. where uh, jo- the Jonestown gang was and uh, before they went to Guyana and um, also this other uh, kind of recovery cult called Synanon. They were there, but um, they rob a, a Brinks truck there for $3.8 million and uh, are able to finance this, their whole operation and give money t- to all these different uh, um, kind of factions to to finance all this uh, this. Uh, they're trying to further the. They, a, they were trying to make a, uh, you know, a homeland for the for the white people. Was so, it? Does it have direct connections with El, Elohim uh, City? Yeah, they were they were down there. I think okay. that's in uh, Arkansas, right? I think that's in Oklahoma itself. I could it's, be wrong. Okay, or maybe I've, it is Arkansas. I, I've yeah. heard that it's in Missouri, and I've heard that it's in Arkansas. So I don't I don't know which one it is, but yeah, they were in uh in with all those guys and um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's good. It's a good book. Um, it's like they're they're the ones early infiltration of the Patriot movement, right? Yeah, and they're the ones that uh killed, assassinated Allen Berg, who was like this Jewish kind of shock jock. Yes, syndicate radio guy from Denver, and um. And, and I then, think the day of the Oklahoma City bombing, I think someone was being transported or they were going to prison on that day, I believe. Something hmm. like that. It's, there's a connection there, too, like on the day with one of with uh, maybe the, the I was say the gentleman, but the, the guy that you mentioned or some of his co-conspirators. Um, I'm looking that up right now. Elohim City. Uh, yeah. In Oklahoma. OK, got it. Yeah. yeah, I've heard people. Uh, maybe there's a different one. Maybe it moved around a little because I've heard it's in Arkansas as well. But um, and that was well. Yeah. It's I'm looking at a map of it, and it's like right on the border. Of, okay. Um, so that could be one of those things where, you know, you got Kansas City, Missouri, and then you got Kansas City, Kansas. Or yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm an idiot. They're they're not close to each other, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, a, right it's a cool story. It's a you know, it's a 400 page book, and I like I just finished reading Program to Kill again, and I love Dave McGowan, but his stuff is kind of a slog for me to get through. It you know, it takes me a month to read or over a month to read. Yeah, Program to Kill, and I read this book in like two weeks, 400 pages, and um, yeah, they were uh, their next um, assassination target was going to be Morris D's of the Southern Poverty Law Center. So, yeah. 
Which, so these these guys that robbed those uh, the trucks, they were from Oregon. They were from all over the country. They okay. were based out of uh, Eastern Washington and the Idaho Panhandle and Montana. So they had a couple different places, but they'd set up like training camps. They re they had recruited this guy from Florida who was like a you know weapons expert to train them and do all this stuff. So got you. You know, and they had three point eight million. They 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 made some really dumb bad mistakes that if they hadn't done a few little things, they would have, uh, they, so I mean, they got they away with robbing those trucks, dude, they got away from robbing. They got away. They, they robbed the, the Brinks truck, the dude, Bob Matthews, the main guy, he had some other guys, nine millimeter pistol in his waistband. It fell out. Oh, and, and, uh, and it was registered in the guy's name. And it was just stupid because it was like at that time in the 80s, you didn't even have to like show ID. You had to like put a name on an application yeah. to get a gun, but you didn't have to show ID. And the guy had put it in his real name and that's what they'd used. And then they uh, they killed Alan Berg with a uh, Mac 10 and they like didn't get rid of it. And they like found that and all, all sorts of just little stuff like that. Like when they were going to... Um, they would go. They went to like Ukiah and were staying at a, at a Motel Six to get prepped for the for the robbery. And they would go in the classified ads before Craigslist to buy cheap used cars to to like. They right. go park cars at like a at a parking lot, a remote parking lot, and then they would drive there, switch cars, and um, like the one of the guys that went to buy one of these thousand dollar like Buick old Buick Skylarks was like, asked the people that he bought it from what's over the phone he's like what's the best way to get to your house from the motel six on you know this street so they so when the cops went and talked to them because they found the car they're like oh he asked us what which how to get there from the motel six then they were able to like look at every person that stayed there trace the the phone calls that were made from every person they found it all these calls that went back to like idaho and montana and stuff like that so so people that they were already looking at I'm an ex-criminal. What you're telling me, it sounds like these gentlemen know what they're doing. So yeah. uh, what if that they were doing that on purpose? I was thinking that like with the Watergate break-in, a lot of people think G. Gordon Liddy and um, E. Howard Hunt were caught on purpose to set up uh, Nixon. So I was thinking at the whole time, Adam, when you were, you were talking about like sloppy things they wouldn't normally be known for, you know, during the operation. Yeah, but there's no what what was the what would be the benefit from that's the thing we don't know. Or maybe it's something that we don't know that we're you know a piece of the puzzle that's missing. That's yeah, you know, my conspiracy brain always goes to like what are we not being told here? Like <laughs> yeah, because Possibly. the North Hollywood shootout has a similar thing with the background uh, with those guys. Uh yeah, case, you know, with the people that actually worked in the bank, things like that. But Tom, yeah, no, we were thinking the same thing. Like, what were they, if they were doing sloppy things? The thing in the gun, in the belt, I mean, that's, you know, that could happen, I guess. Yeah. But just being overly sloppy. But was that the case or was it just kind of like? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, the guy that, that dropped the gun, like, eventually they, uh, he was holed up in a house on Whidbey Island in the Puget Sound. And, uh, you know, they poured a bunch of diesel down the chimney and threw grenades in it. So. I don't think Ooh. I don't think he was in on that <laughs> yeah. on that part, you know. So he got this guy Bob Matthews got burned alive, and he's kind of a martyr in that in that whole uh, scene. In nineteen eighty four, yeah, I, I think, think it was uh, eighty eight or something like eighty eight, oh, eighty seven, eighty eight. But everybody went down pretty hard. 
got some pretty serious uh, federal offenses from it. A lot of guys flipped, but everybody uh, ended up doing a lot of time. Yeah, it just reminds me of them recruiting uh, McVeigh there. Um, yeah, that was my thought. Yeah, and then you got the Pat Con thing that I learned yeah. a little bit more about after talking to this woman, Christina, that goes by Radix Verum online. She She's doing the, uh, or she's trying to finish her documentary on the Whitmer uh, kidnapping hoax plot thing by the FBI. Um, she's being messed with right now, too, I believe, um, by the authorities, supposedly, allegedly. I got to use certain words, I guess, right now. But that she uh, she actually brought my attention more to the the Pat Con, uh, the whole thing. Like to be honest. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, what was that book? One more time, just so people. It was hard. Oh, to uh, the Silent Brotherhood. Silent yeah, I heard. Um, in Program to Chill, he did that eleven part series with Wendy Painting, and yeah. she talks about that book in that in that whole 11 part series at some point so i looked into it and got it from that wow okay yeah I yeah her book is uh you'll get a full history of like yeah. all the patriot movements it's really fascinating but now that makes me want to get that book and go back through her book yeah uh, it's and, and it's not see. it's it's not like a red pill book you know it's got like a little blurb written on the cover from that guy morris d's from the splc so um yeah. but it's just a good story and it goes fast i want to i want to read that aberrations in the heartland of the real but i'm just intimidated to start it no long <laughs> and how dense lot, it's man. gonna be you know it's thick uh but seriously uh i mean she goes through the school shooters she goes through everything and yeah. she lays it all out and the history of um, experiments done on soldiers um, throughout different wars. I mean, she primarily focuses on, you know, the 90s, but, um, and she does interviews she go right so into many Columbine? people. Dana, does um, she actually touch upon Columbine? Yeah, she touches on all the school shooters. So oh, it's okay. almost like a doctoral sort of thesis approach to... Yeah the military side of program to kill in my opinion as far as but she also breaks down like every single narrative she doesn't stick to one so she says here's the one argument for the lone nut and then she talks about you know jack ruby lee harvey oswald she gives you all these different examples and then she moves right. through each narrative but uh i think just the close proximity of Elohim City and OKC and everything else going on at the time, uh, I would be interested to see where Jollyan was. So yeah. I'm going to look into well, that. Well, he went and visited McVeigh, and I was telling you that thing about the warden being upset when he found out that yeah. uh, West was there. <laughs> and then he gets uh, shit-canned, you know, after complaining about it. We turn this fan yeah, off. West was guys. everywhere. Yeah. West was, yeah, he goes back to Jack Ruby, like you were saying, uh, Patty Hearst, right? Uh, some of the Manson folks. Yeah, the whole stuff with Patty Hearst is just, uh, it's crazy to me. Like, so I read that book of hers that I didn't know she wrote. And I mean, she talks about how absolutely terrible Jolly and Martin Orne and Margaret Singer were to her. And then you come to find out that Alan Dershowitz was on her defense team too. And I'm like, are you guys yeah. kidding me? <laughs> And now he's getting, this is a he's joke. Getting... This is totally a cover-up, man. Like, you guys are literally covering your tracks. It's completely nuts. And um, I'm reading, I'm about 
I'm about 300 pages in of 700 of that um, experimentation and constitutional bodily rights committee, because there's a lot of stuff about Jolly in there that I've like never heard of before in testimony from him. And uh, yeah, it's just real crazy what they were doing back then. And they just admit it. And isn't it interesting that like the timing of that is literally like the end of MK Ultra? It's like yeah. right after that. And then yeah. all these people, all these different statesmen are like, we need to have a committee because there's something wrong in the prisons <laughs> and the foster care system yeah. and the mental hospitals. Like we need to get all yeah. of this on paper. Um, but Jolly admits in that uh, in that testimony that they were doing the violence prevention center stuff before he even wrote that proposal. So. Okay. Well, what I'm curious is what they what the author has to say about Klebold and Harris. Um, so I still, still need to crack that nut. <laughs> Get the book. It's so worth it. She did such a good job. She, and it's, it is really thick, but, and she does save Jolly until the end. Um, but I would get it. I think you would absolutely love it. It's a solid read. Okay. Yeah. Here's uh this is that the silent okay. brotherhood right here. So nice. it's by Kevin Flynn and Gary Gearhart. So what nice. any, any relation to Michael Flynn? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. It's, it's, no, I'm just they're... kidding. He pops up everywhere. Yeah. Someone I used to know even uh got in with him a little bit, which is scary. But yeah. Um Tom, I think you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, on Alex Jones and all that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, not to bring it to a standstill, Adam, I wanted to ask you about this, or uh, if you're even willing. Are you still? Now, I'm not making a joke when I ask this. For real. No, no I have to say that because it sounds like it's going to be like one of these jokes from like the 90s where like, oh, yeah, the aliens, are are they probing you? You know, that but the black helicopter thing I think was a real deal. And I think probably it still is. And I asked you a couple of times, is that still an issue for you where you currently are? They have not been over my house in probably a year. Okay. All right. Progress. Yeah. Possibly. Or they're just, uh, <laughs> their attention is diverted somewhere else right now. Yeah. Well, Adam, could you give us a, uh, the viewers a little uh, yeah, background? Back, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Why you started doing this, and because I, I know your background a little bit, I saw you talk about it, and I'm familiar. I think it's a great background how you quit your job and all that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll get back to that helicopter thing. Because, just uh, about uh, where I live and and all that stuff. You mean? Or, yeah. Um, or how and like what you were doing for work and the company yeah. you were working for, you know yeah. what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, What, yeah. what red pilled Adam is basically, uh, you know, what led you down that road? I mean, the, uh, what red pilled me was, was uh, the 2016 elections and like the super delegates. And, you know, I used to be a, uh, a, a pro labor, like union commie Bernie Sanders guy, <laughs> and then, um, you know, and uh, I saw, you know, what happened in the, you know, I, I drank real, real heavily until 2012 when I had to, had to stop. I had to choose alcohol or, you know, the, the penitentiary or, or life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, you know, for, for my, I was 32 years old for 
from 17 years old or 15 years old, whenever I started drinking heavily till 32, uh, you know, the only thought in my head was how am I going to get through to, to a Friday night, you know? Right. And, um, when I got sober, my brain started working again. And after a couple of years, you know, stuff started not, see, not that I'd never noticed before. I'm just like, wow, this seems weird. And uh, right. if anybody remembers the 2000, the lead up, the democratic primaries of the, of the, 2016 elections was when Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton were the two last ones running for the Democratic Party. Bernie Sanders had, you know, he was the Trump of the he left. He was killing it. Yeah, yeah, he was. I I lived in uh, Oakland, California at the time, and there he he spoke at this park downtown, and the line to get in was like four miles long. Like nobody got in. Right. And, uh, and like, Hillary. like somebody, somebody did one of those things where they like walked the whole line and fast forward. And it was like a two minute video, like in double or triple speed, you know, like time right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and Hillary Clinton, Clinton was like, wasn't able to sell out like high school cafeterias, you know? <laughs> I was going to say that. And, um, yeah. So Bernie Sanders, they'd go and they'd go to the state and they'd have the, the Bernie Sanders would would win and then Hillary Clinton would leave with more delegates because of these super delegate votes and it was just like a couple people per state and they all worked for the for the DNC and um yeah. you know after that like I just, and then Bernie Sanders dropped out kissed the ring and uh you know that yeah. and that kind of and, and it showed the FBI would not touch Hillary even after you know scrubbing emails and destroying evidence and then you yeah. kind of really it was really out in the open. yeah the whole uh, Donna Brazil thing and like the getting fed the <laughs> the questions by CNN and um you know that still wasn't enough I still my union told me to vote for Hillary Clinton and I and I did it you know so um that's a, a shameful don't feel uh, bad dude I, I did, did the same but, thing but I but I can look back and laugh at it now but um yeah and then. From there, I uh, kind of uh, went down a cringy um, anarcho-capitalist. Is there an echo? Can you guys hear an echo? I do. I don't know. Um, yeah, I had a little uh, ANCAP phase and all that. And now I'm just, uh, I, I lived in suburban Portland, Oregon, right over the city line during the, the summer of love 2020. I was like, I got to get out of here, you know, like um i I was in the elevator constructors union and i worked for a company called tiss and krupp elevator so if you're familiar with uh krupp Krupp. steel or fritz tissen from from world war ii um if you're not go find uh the program to chill podcast he has a seven part series on uh on that on that whole uh whole deal and they're uh bad guys um, they own an elevator company. If you live in a major city, you've seen their vans driving around. Um, I wonder if they're associated with Ace Elevator because they were the ones that were responsible for sticking around during uh, 9-11 and rescuing people. And they, yeah. they were the first people to hightail it out of there. Yeah. Um, anyway. There's five big elevator companies and the rest are kind of independent ones that just like do like service right. to uh, for a company to be able to like install elevators it has to be a pretty big outfit because they all have proprietary equipment and stuff like that so i think ace elevator and also there's some elevator stuff from okc too and that's um, a company that i didn't know so i think there were smaller independent uh companies that just do like the maintenance and stuff like that service but, but with the okc thing that guy did the right thing 
I'm not saying yeah. Ace Elevator did anything wrong. I'm just for anybody out there, but I'm saying just taking off and not helping in the rescue of people stuck in the elevators that did get crushed to death. Fuck, you know, fuck them. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the elevator mechanic actually did, did the right thing at OKC by saying that those feds weren't stuck in the elevator. The ones that tried to say that, that they were in yeah. the building. Yeah. yeah. That guy had some balls. And the lie that they told is just like so easy to, if anybody that has any sort of basic in knowledge of how elevators work, it doesn't doesn't work with. What For those that don't know what I'm talking about, there are, there are a couple of feds at the moment. I don't have it in front of me, but I, I can't remember if they're FBI or ATF. Most likely ATF uh, agents, and they made the claim that you know. When a lot of people were asking, why weren't they at their offices that day? The ATF, you know, no, they didn't get hurt. They didn't get killed, you know, and then people started getting information that maybe they were warned not to show up for work that day or even bring their children to the daycare center, you know, that type of thing. When questions about that started coming out, there were a couple of uh, agents, I think it was ATF, that made the claim that, no, we were in the building. We were stuck in the elevator. The uh -huh. elevator elevator mechanic came out and said no no there was they weren't stuck in the elevator like i went and checked all the elevators and everything and there's even like photographs of these guys that i'm talking about i wish i had it in front of me right now but it's been a while um but yeah there was photographs of them outside yeah you know so for them to make to and bill cooper even talked about this too like on his radio show back in the day the hour of the time um but that guy yeah he had some balls because he, he stuck to his story and a lot of people uh, got killed that were witnesses to weird stuff like uh, Terrence Eakey, the officer that was a hero. And they yeah. ended up saying he committed suicide by dragging himself out to a field and stabbing himself over and over again, shooting himself in a weird projectory in the back of the yeah, head. Like all while he's handcuffed or something, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> climbing over a barbed wire fence like for two he was miles a from his car. Yeah, like, yeah there, he was literally he, had he drag marks. Drug himself behind a truck before he did it. Like, <laughs> right. It was like two miles out into a field. Yeah. And he had blood on the, in the inside of the locked car. The car was locked. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he had made the claim that, you know, the feds are following me and that he had some information in a storage locker that he was uh, collecting evidence for. And to this day, we don't know where, you know, what he had. You know, some people have ideas, but, but anyway, yeah, he committed suicide because he was distraught. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, like a lot of these guys, but anyway, yeah, no, I, I, I interrupted you, but I, I just want to make mention of Ace Elevator needs to be investigated more. The guy from OKC, which I wish I had in front of me right now, he had some balls. Sorry, Dana. <laughs> I just wanted, uh, <laughs> but he did though, because he didn't change his story and he could have been murdered. And as far as I know, he's still alive. Um, but Adam, I, I interrupted your story. Um, about how you yeah. um i'll try to wrap it up quick i kind of want to hear uh dana talk so um <laughs> but yeah i uh you know come um 2021 we get an uh email from the company and uh it says if you haven't taken this certain medicine by december 8th you're all you're all you're not fired but you can't come to work anymore <clears throat> half the company said that they weren't going to do it including the whole service department which was amazing if a service department of an elevator company isn't there anymore like there's a big problem in the city that you live in isn't that um, the whole company 
Well, there's there. I, I was in the new construction portion, so I was going to these like horrific, um, just three story condos with one floor of like shopping, you know, that they just tear down these like amazing, beautiful neighborhoods in Portland, Oregon, and all these like fantastic Victorian houses from the late 1800s and built these like angular, brutal concrete buildings. I would just go there and put in, uh, three stop elevators they give you six days you just slam in an elevator that's going to be broken in 10 years so they can build another one and uh it was, it was soul sucking it was there was no craftsmanship there was no uh pride in because it didn't give us basically you guys are pretty much putting kits together right yeah 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 back in the old days like uh an elevator mechanic was like a, the, the real deal you know they had to build right. like the whole wiring harness on their own they're like i have an electrical license i can do electrical stuff but i mean not like these guys could back in the old days and i you know it's still hard work i, I know how to weld and do all sorts of stuff but right. um it's not like how it was and they don't give you the time to like build anything and be proud of it you're just putting in shit and uh yeah. all they want to do is have you put it in they sell the 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 service contract and that's how they make their money that's all they want and um and then in 10 years it's it's obsolete and they go and modernize it make more money sure. um so you know um the company backed down on that medical mandate that they were gonna put on us and um but uh, at that point i was kind of one foot out my wife uh i'm really truly blessed to be married to uh, my amazing wife she's a esthetician who's really good at her job um she had the balls to sorry you know to start her own business um in the middle of the the pandemic yeah. and she's super successful and uh we got to the point where i was just like she was like i think we can do this you should you should stay home and uh by that point we'd gotten out of portland bought bought a uh, dilapidated 16 acre homestead um an hour way up in the from portland way up in the top in northwest oregon and uh yeah that's what i do now you did you did what most people want to do yeah yeah i yeah i didn't do anything special i worked really hard for a long time i was a union iron worker and an elevator mechanic after that and, um you know but uh if, if without my wife none of this would be possible so i'm truly there's blessed. always a good blessed. there's always a good old lady behind it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um, always yeah. yeah so i stay home i got uh I got sheep and pigs and a ton of dogs and and chickens and um and a house that's uh, falling apart. So I got I got my work cut out for me. It's not like I got to retire. I work twelve hour days, you know, every day now. But there's no days off. But uh, it's it's pretty nice. It's the whole I kind of live that whole um life of what Bill Hicks talks about in that one uh bit he does where he's like he turns on the news and the world's exploding and then he looks out his window and nothing's going on. It's like, right. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't sit here and do massive. I love doing research and doing reading and I listen to no agenda for my current events and that's about it. But like, you know, out here it's, it's fine. But um, what Chris was getting at uh, the first day I moved out here, um, I moved out here in the summer of 2021, I think. Yeah, this is my second summer here. And I was like 115 degrees and uh like first day. Five, uh two big uh Chinook, flat black Chinook unmarked helicopters fly like real low 
right over my head. And I think they were kind of just telling me, uh, Hey, we're here. <laughs> we're here. We know you're here. Um, yeah. You know, and, uh, that, that, uh, those flyovers were pretty regular for like the first six months that I was out here. And, uh, I hear it every once in a while now, but haven't had anything in a while. So this, it seems like the Springs, uh, kind of subsided a little bit this summer as well, too. Sorry. I have to ask any Sasquatch activity. Yeah, I hear them all the time. Nice. I used to when I used to work. Still, I I'd have to get up to drive to Portland at like four thirty in the morning, and and I'd hear like the knocking and the whooping nice. noises a lot. So really, yeah. so okay. I thought you were kind of just like joking for a second. Like, no. Well, okay. I grew I grew up in Oregon, man. My grandma's from here. You know, I like. Yeah. I grew up with the stories, so it's. Just well, I'm in the Bridgewater of- Triangle, and we have our own like uh, Sasquatch type activity. Have you had? ufo activity in that area um no there's not that many uh <laughs> homosexuals out here so i don't i don't i don't believe in aliens that shit's oh faking, okay faking, all right, all right. faking gray dude fair enough no i mean what have you, have you <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> right. i mean the classic like uh I'm gonna get abducted and probed tonight because I said no, no. that probably setting yourself up for it there. Yeah, if some people yeah. request it, I mean he's uh, manifesting it. <laughs> I mean, like the cattle mutilation stuff you hear about. I mean, like the class. I don't even know. Where to tell. I mean, not whatever they're doing right now, currently, but like you know, decades prior, you know, like with saucer type oh. craft. I saw a triangle. I think it was military. I think it was classified technology. Myself, like, has there been that no, kind of activity? I've like, never seen anything like that. Okay. And um, you know, like Tom can tell you what the night sky is like for nine months out of the year. Here, you can't really see what's going on up in the up in the sky because it's such terrible weather here but um but yeah no no uh no alien stuff um okay. you know i've got i've got like mountain lions by my house and those are like scarier than any cryptid, oh yeah you hey know? so if you ever hear one of those cats i heard scream, one the other night man. oh my god up, that will make you at, shit your pants i had to dude. get up at three in the morning and go get my sheep and bring them in you know oh yeah 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 well, what yeah, you had, that's. Yeah, I've been that, stalked by one of those things before, man. It's nothing nice. Yeah, one of them got one of my sheep last uh, last oh. summer. They can they can jump like fifteen feet in the air. They can run like forty miles an hour. They they're built so that they their back paws go into their paw prints, so you can't like track them. It's just crazy. So, really? but um, yeah, wow. I got t- I've got two big uh. Great Pyrenees livestock guardian dogs. So, wow, you know that's all I can do. But um, but yeah, that's enough about me. Like, I want to hear about like some weird stuff that I don't even know about. <laughs> me too. Every time I wake up, <laughs> um, yeah. If you want, it, let we can let Dana go for it, man. No problem. No, me. You had something in particular that uh, that you were shining a light on last week. Um, Tom had mentioned it before about the uh, Japanese and World War. Oh II. yeah, Unit Seven Three One. Oh yeah. So um, 
I was talking about because, you know, there's a bunch of, uh, some of them famous and well-known ex-Scientologists who think that Jolly West and some of his peers were uh, the original whistleblowers about commies and mind control. And uh, that that's what they were doing with the repatriated POWs from uh, the Korean War. Um, so I was going through old uh, military psychiatry uh, journals showing that, no, that was not the case, um, as well as studies uh, and a book with POWs where they talk about, no, it was all propaganda and kind of showing people, you know, uh, the power of propaganda uh, and how much thought and money goes into it and time, which is why I'm working through Tavistock right now. Um, but I thought that it would be fruitful since people don't, there were people that asked me to do that because they were under the impression as well that these doctors are, you know, heroes uh, in that aspect. And so I said, okay, well, uh, then I guess we have to talk about Unit 731 because, you know, most people kind of, their eyes like glaze over when you talk about it. And uh, I mean, we pardoned. All, we, we gave all of them immunity, including Ishii. And I'm sorry, but they were, in my opinion, maybe not on a numerical scale. However, they were way worse than what the Nazis were doing. Sorry, people don't want to hear that. Um, but in my opinion, uh, torturing people alive to the extent that they did and the specific things that they were doing, because I read some of that testimony, um, I would argue, if it was me, that I think that for the bulk of at least the latter crimes, the Nazis were much more compassionate because they were trying to do it uh, fast. They were trying to do it with speed and efficiency versus, uh, you know, doing medical school with live human beings who were cut open. So uh, I don't, I don't know. It just shows further that people just don't have, and it's not me being insulting, but people have to get a better grasp of history. We have to stop looking at the Nazis as like this random aberration in time that uh, just caused all of these atrocities. And that's the only thing that we can look back upon because we can look at what was going on in Korea, what was going on in Japan. Um, and then, you know, all the weird studies that the Rockefellers were funding at the time uh, prior to the end of the war, as far as uh, trauma bonding studies, because they were paying for that too. And that was Mengele's uh, special. So were the Rockefellers paying for Mengele to uh, hone in on trauma bonding? Because the Rockefellers were also funding the Tavistock Institute. Okay like straight up. So I, I want to know that because all of that ties in together, you know, and they're talking about this one world, one world. And I'm like, does that make me part of QAnon? Does that make me batshit crazy? No, this document is from almost a hundred years ago. It's in their words where they're saying one world and they're talking about all this weird stuff that nobody seems to know about, you know? And it's, it's just obnoxious because, you know, you you see it, Tom. You saw all that stuff on Twitter, you know, yeah. with that people going nuts and coming at me. And I'm just like, well, don't come crying to me when they show up at your door. And don't act surprised. 
because I've tried to warn everybody, you know? I don't know. Have the Rockefellers changed their name? Were they Rockefellers always or? As far back as I can trace at this time, they've been, so there was the Rockefeller Foundation and then they have, I don't know if it's the Rockefeller Institute. They had another Rockefeller sort of, uh, no, it was the Rockefeller Education Institute, I think. And that one had been in place and was funding all of our education period, like everything since I think 1901, 1902. So, I mean, as far back as that goes, that's as far back as I have traced it. Because I'm, I'm trying to not veer too far back away from Tavistock because right. Tavistock is so complicated. Um, and, you yeah, know, the there's Rockefellers... only two books and they're, they're both super conspiratorial. So they, they did all, they made all the, the textbooks, right? Yeah, they, they created everything in education, at least in the United States, um, uh, completely because the bulk of their funding went to us. And when most did, of the um, medical stuff. When did, uh, Tavistock start? Um, so the Tavistock clinic, the furthest back that I could trace it in the newspapers, and it does correlate with what I could find online. It looks like 1919 to 1920. The oldest newspaper article was like this weird uh, fur and feather society. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then you can't see it anywhere for a couple more years. But um, do they pop up in, in Weimar, Germany, in Berlin? Uh oh, Dana, <laughs> Tom, are you frozen too? No, you're just muted. Okay, all right. Um, let me let me try getting her back here. Remove and then add her. Yeah, what I'm uh, what I'm trying to figure out is there's gender clinics in in Berlin in Weimar Germany. You know, pre pre. How do you spell it? What's that? Weimar? Um, yeah. W-E-I-M-A-R. It's, uh, you know, it's um, Germany pre-Tiny Mustache Man. <laughs> Some would argue the, the cause of what what right. caused Tiny Mustache Man. Yeah, well, to come out. What kind of clinics were? Yeah, that's right. They had gender clinics there. They're slicing, pe slicing people up. They had um, all these like sex clinics and they were really just run, um, gay brothels is what they were. And uh, but they were also conducting sex change operations at them and stuff like every. Wow. Portland, yeah. Portland Oregon is like going on in like all these hor horrific places like Portland and Seattle right now is like just weimar germany 2.0 waiting for just, for what's gonna come out of that you know which what so came out know, of oregon is known for cults yeah right yeah right on yeah, the, and they um, just found an hey did you hear about the uh, the serial killer they just found up there in eugene somewhere i'd heard something that area? about it How yeah many, the what, dude what so we have we, we have one in portland right now i don't know if they've caught that person but he was killing a bunch of homeless ladies or something like that yeah. And then they just popped a dude in the Eugene area 
Springfield, I think around there somewhere. Um, and he had like a, a cage made out of uh, bricks in his garage. And he had a girl in there and she managed, it had steel doors on it. But apparently my wife was telling me that she kept kicking at it every day. And it finally, the weld broke loose and she was wow. able to get out and she took off. So it was some black dude in Springfield around that area somewhere. Just a few days ago, they popped him. Crazy. And then there's another concurrent one right now. There's always, there's always a couple going on at the same time. I mean, if yeah. Dave McGowan's <laughs> taught us anything, you know, you remember, oh, uh, remember oh, in, uh, 2020 Tom, when all those wildfires were kicking off on yes, the sir. West coast that went from like North of Vancouver, BC, all the way down to LA. When, yeah. Like the sky in Oregon was like bright orange 24 hours a day. Um, were you remember? working at that time? Yeah, it was not like we got sent home from work and stuff. Yeah, dude, I was. Well, I'm a plumber, so, so I yeah. was down in I was down in Sale or uh, Portland working too when that shit was. Yeah. yeah, it was gnarly. Yeah, I think I was I was in uh, I was working out there in like in Hillsboro or something. But um, but yeah, um, remember like all those Antifa guys got caught like all up and down the West Coast starting those fires. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, it was all arson, and the, they were catching just these, you know, these strag. You know, the, you know the when you see those Antifa um, mugshot compilations, you know, it was all right. like pink-haired, like meth, yeah, 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 yeah. homeless Antifas, and it seemed like they had all been activated, you know, at the same at time, the same time. The, and it coincided with this giant weather event which was this ungodly heat with mixed with like these super crazy santa Ana winds <laughs> um i don't know if you were, were you uh at uh so fourth of july 2020 they uh -huh. were they were trying to uh say we couldn't have any fireworks uh yeah. but our fire marshal was like fuck that you guys burn your shit so i was cool with that you know what i mean like that's yeah. my favorite holiday I, i'm not super like patriotic or anything like that but i like blowing shit up you know what i mean yeah. and uh i was kind of i was almost kind of pissed that they were saying that shit you know like hey you guys can't do this this year i'm like fuck yeah. you you know <laughs> so yeah it was pretty bad dude the, the fires were i'm not gonna lie dude i they got pretty close to salem so <laughs> yeah yeah but it was uh that was like a eye-opening thing to me when i started thinking about like mind control on a mass scale right yeah and i started kind of like putting it together recently like within the last year or so that like these real early mk projects were like kind of just these rudimentary ways of like messing with a single person's brain at a single time you know and it was kind of like the caveman days of mind control and they had to go through all this this gnarly you know yeah. horrific torture and stuff to hey dana's back yeah, she Sorry. Is. No worries. I uh, don't know where I yeah, well, no, we'll get, I don't we'll, know where I got lost. We'll get back to the Tavistock thing, but right in the, at the moment, I have a couple of articles pulled up to uh, back up what Adam was saying about in Germany um, with the transgender or just uh, gender clinics. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to share the screen right now. Um, okay. We got this. Tell, tell me if you guys, can you see that on the screen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So 
yeah, I had never heard of this before. Forgotten history, the world's first trans clinic. But they, yeah, they were really just gay brothels. Um, yeah. That's what I was asking you right when you were dis when you disappeared, Dana. Was did you uh, connect Tavistock to Weimar Germany at all? So I haven't gotten that far ahead yet. Obviously, Tavistock was there, right? Yeah. Because it's not just in the UK specifically, and you know the whole idea is the manipulation of the war. And so I went through um, the shaping of psychiatry by war. I'm also reading through um, Crichton's book as well, because I want to see they name everybody. Right. So they give like this doctor here, this doctor here, because I want to track all of the hospitals that they were, you know, working with to figure it out. Because, I mean, come on. Yeah. It was around at that time. Don't do too much noticing because I bet you'll find some similarities in all the last names of most of that <laughs> stuff. But yeah, pretty much. All right. Okay. And we're back. All right. Yeah. Um, the Tavistock we were talking about when are you frozen again? No, you're not. Okay. No, no, I'm not. No, I don't. I don't know where I got cut off. Um, Right here at the uh, the years of Tavistock, um, you were saying. Oh yeah, so 1920, Jolly. Yeah. I've tracked down where and when Jolly was at the very first meeting that he attended, but I can't find the minutes to the damn meeting. I'm like, I'm about to drive to Oklahoma and go uh, <laughs> ask them if I can see the archives because they apparently have them. But, um, you know, and he was a part of Tavistock for ten years and. I know that there has to be other people that were involved as well, but I mean, it's still, you know, you still see it on the NHS website. It's still part of the national health services within the UK. Um, I really want to see if I can find a tie between Tavistock and uh, Vienna specifically with all the weird stuff that they were doing with Asperger. Um, I want to see if there's any ties there because, I mean, that was primarily a children's hospital, you know, that they started all of that out in. Um, so I have a lot of work to do because Tavistock is just like this major beast, you know, Jolly's just a tipping point and it's going to take me a long time to really get through it. Because like John Coleman and Daniel Estelin, like, it's not that they're bad authors and Daniel Estelin really cites John Coleman a lot. And I am using, I looked through John Coleman's, the beginning of the book about Tavistock, just to get names. There's just some things that I, I can't, I can't find it. I'm looking everywhere and I can't find it. I'm not saying that he's wrong and they're still important. It's still important names. I'm still able to give context about like Lord Northcliffe and the British propaganda house um, Wellington house and you know how that was all started, but I cannot try, I cannot track him to Tavistock whatsoever. Um, so I don't know if they're loose connections or not. I mean, again, those are like super conspiratorial books, not saying that they're wrong, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Tavistock is really, it's the crux of everything. It, it really is. Because when you see the propaganda, like the stuff that they're talking about, it's like, 
most people dwell on the Beatles aspect of Tavistock. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it drive, they, it's, it's what we're living in now. Like they literally say that welfare is a weapon and that child psychiatry came out of the war. And that is the, uh, most profitable thing that they were able to, uh, take from the war. And that's how they're going to create this new world. And I'm just like, wow, well, at least you're being honest. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever talked to uh, Courtney Turner? She's a good, she knows a lot about uh, Tavistock as well. Mm -mm. Yeah. She's on union of the unwanted a bunch. Um, yeah. I only recently started talking to her a little bit. Yeah, she's a she's a good guest to have on. She's really nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tom, I think you were going to say something, right? No, I was just going to ask Dana if she could go into the like some of the stuff that those the Japanese were doing. Like. Oh to, yeah. I don't sure. know. Um. So specifically, they you know those really weird um, and some of them I know at least within the past 15 years in some of the more like prestigious, I call them like spook schools, you know, like Harvard and Yale um, in their medical department, like the brains and little like body parts that are kind of sliced up where you can see everything. Yeah. A lot of those are from uh, unit 731. That's well documented that that's where those came from. Um, so there's a little fun bit of history for everybody. Um so primarily, I think Ishii was a, I think he was like a microbiologist, um, but obviously a sociopath and uh, got a lot of money and political backing. And the biggest thing that they were known for were the comfort stations, unfortunately. Um, the frostbite experiments, those they would put people out in extreme temperatures um, and they would just kind of test how to treat frostbite. So, you know, warm water, cold water, uh, cut it off, burn it, see what happens. Um, a lot of people, you know, died from necrotizing fasciitis, from just everything kind of rotting away. Um, specifically, surgical, they would uh, dehiss or eviscerate somebody's bowels and they thought that that was the only way that they would be able to effectively treat with uh antibiotics that they were testing out other bacteriological warfare because that's really what it was was bacteriological warfare was infecting people and then seeing how they could get them better um there was a lot of syphilis that they were infecting people with um not only in their intestines but uh they were infecting inmates and then forcing them to infect other inmates they were forcing them to infect children. Um, let's see. Well, and then, and then you know, uh, the comfort stations. Since our Department of Justice felt the need, uh, because that was the only thing that they mentioned when they discussed you, pardoning them. So, Can you describe the comfort stations for people? Sure. So if you don't want to hear this, I would plug your ears or walk away because um, it's extremely unpleasant. But the comfort stations, so comfort being for the uh, servicemen at the time, uh, as well as the quote unquote doctors of the camps. Um, so it was women and girls who were uh, there to comfort them sexually. And right, what ended yeah, up that's... happening was a lot of the doctors 
Um, there's testimony where they would cut the wombs open and have some of the uh, younger doctors come over so that they could uh, give them a sex education study on the body parts of a female. Um, they would rip, cut babies out, do things to the babies. Um, they would just right. yeah, literally fine. everything that you can think of. I think everyone got the gist. Yeah, I just want to, just yeah. in case people are so, like, comfort stations, does that mean they were they were providing comfort? No, quite the opposite. Like the Patriot no. Act, not quite patriotic, yeah. Yeah. So, one of those so what were some of the things, you know, I mean, yeah, the, that's pretty gnarly what uh, they're doing to the babies, but like, what were they doing that for? Is there was something specific, like some type of medical purpose or, or were they just doing it just to be psychos? So the yeah. uh, sexual crimes were for their comfort to de-stress the, um, okay. to de-stress the soldiers, but the cutting open of the wombs, um, infection was testing out medical treatment but i mean they even say that you know all the all the um camps that they would infect with syphilis because a lot of those kids you know no one survived but a lot of those kids like lived their whole life in those camps with syphilis um they never got treatment so it's like were they really treating them or were they just seeing what they could infect them with um you know infecting them with you know just all kinds of stuff. Anthrax, cutting off random limbs, just to see what would happen. I mean, literally, they were just doing that stuff to people just to see what would happen. But, I mean, there's photos out there of them just eviscerating people while they're alive. No anesthesia, no nothing. Yeah. Nothing. No nothing. Nothing yeah. at all. So, what are the chances of Mengele working with the Japanese? Was that something he was maybe correlating with, you know? Because he did some pretty brutal stuff. I think that uh, that's a pretty high chance because they signed a pact. They signed some sort of pact together, Japan and Germany. Um, right. And they even document that because the I can't remember the rabbi's name, but the one who reached out to the Department of Justice, uh, they were like, you know, why were the Nazis... Uh, tried at the uh, military tribunal and why you know why was no one from unit 731 punished did you guys give them immunity um and they bring up the fact that japan and germany had signed uh whatever that little treaty was an agreement that you know they were on the same side so i mean i think personally yeah of course they were trading secrets there i just don't think that there's no way that they weren't um, and I think, you know, Don Jeffries makes a great point. Um, that was just a show trial. I think that that's another reason because we specifically documented that we took everybody from 731, including Ishii, um, for all of their uh, medical and scientific advances. Right. Uh, and why was that not declassified for so much longer than paperclip? I think that's really weird. And a lot of people don't know about Unit 731. So. Right. I think that there's a very strong argument that uh, some of the heavy hitters from uh, Hitler's boys were probably over there helping them out. Well, I was I didn't become too familiar with it until uh, Slayer came out with that song, so I didn't really know too much. About I had it. heard of it on like a true crime true crime podcast like a few years back, you know, and I 
I was like, that's not real. You know, <laughs> like they didn't right, do that. That's right. crazy. Um, <laughs> which, uh, which Slayer song talks about Angel, 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 Angel of Death? Angel of Death, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's, it's called Unit 731. Okay. Oh, well, it. yeah. There's a, okay. Well, the classic that, example is always. Well, because there. Jeff Hanneman was a historian. He uh, did a lot of research on Germany and all in World War II, basically. I'll be so honest. That's why, that was, that was Angel of Death's about Mengele, right? Mengele. Yes. Yeah, that was my introduction to who Dr. Mengele was. You know, was Angel of Death by Slayer. So, yeah. But yeah, that other song, too. Yeah. Um, go on, Tom. Well, that's why everyone thinks that Slayer is, uh, you know, white supremacist or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, well, because of that song. But that's not whatever. true at all. Yeah. It's stupid. That's stupid. yeah, absolutely. People are, I'm sorry, this whole, uh, you know, throwing around like uh, anti Semitism or calling people Nazis, uh, you sound like a jackass and you don't have a good concept <laughs> of history. And I've just really lost patience with people over it. I really have. I think it's this stuff with the science, the ex Scientology community. Um, it's not our fault that you don't read books and that you turn on the TV and that that's what teaches you. That's nobody else's fault. Um, because at the end of the day, there's a very good likelihood that if, uh, you know, the great white brotherhood or the black nobility shows up and they decide that they want to enact, you know, mass eugenics. None of us are going to make the cut. Okay. Cause I don't see any of us painting like <laughs> some amazing portrait of like Michelangelo or like, you Not know, yet. some amazing like it. classical, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and it, nobody's here creating new forms of math. Right. And nobody's here writing a novel. So, you know, there's a nope. lot of people that aren't going to make the cut. That. I'm actually yeah, I, mean, I mean, you probably could, Chris. Yes, Thank but you. you know, it's. I'm just <laughs> saying. Now, can can you go into the the Great White Brotherhood a little bit? Because I'm not real familiar with that. Well, I don't know too much about it, but it's supposed okay. to be within the equivalence of the Black Nobility. It's kind of oh. the, uh, parallel to it. It's the mirror of it. So, kind of, uh, you know, like a warring of families so to speak right, right, so right, there's right. the black nobility and then there's the great white brotherhood that's how i learned about either of them was somebody was talking mm -hmm. about both of them and i was like well of course there has to be dark and light right even though they're both uh really dark no the the white brotherhood is not good so um, but uh have you ever heard of a gentleman named ian ferguson how about you adam yes. he's from he's from oregon he does the the Molochian and the um the yeah. Luciferian thing. No. Okay. Um I have well so what do you think of that, Dana? Mm. He's incredibly smart. I think he's I think he's super duper smart. And I don't, you know, I have my specific theological beliefs, but I don't necessarily disagree with him. Right. Um, I think it's really complicated. And I wish, but people ask this of me, and so I know it's really hard. And so then I kind of feel like a jerk for at, like asking it of someone else. If there was a way to kind of like dumb it down a little bit, but people right. ask me to do that, and I'm like, I can't do that, you know. So Over I would get charge. where he's coming from. Yeah, because it's uh, he he shows that uh, occultism uh, in general is 
Just like if you call everybody a Nazi, if you turn around and think that somebody in red horns listening to a Slayer is a Satanist, you also sound equally like a jackass, right? Yeah. So it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of complexities to it, just like everything else. I think he's super intelligent. I just think that it, it would go over a lot of people's heads. You know? Oh, it's, it's, it, yeah. If you're not familiar with the black nobility at all, you're not going to understand anything that dude's talking about. Yeah. It's a lot. It's I'm a lot. But I mean, even getting people to that point, you know, again, people still think that like you're batshit crazy if you're talking about the Rockefellers talking about a one world government. Right. <laughs> and that's not hard to find. You can find oh, that. Oh, no, it isn't. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's a willful ignorance. I, people just don't want to hear it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, with that type of thing, I don't know. I, I, I keep my, uh, my research just kind of stays in the 20th century. Just I don't know, usually within my own lifetime too. I don't know. I, <laughs> I have a friend uh, named Peter and he specializes in everything that happened before. I mean, he does good stuff like what with the sixties, um, but before, like with you know the with the founding fathers and things like that. I don't know. That just goes out the window. Like for me, <laughs> like you, you're interested in what you're interested in, you know. And a lot of this stuff yeah, is, is no, dark. I don't want to go back too much further than than where I'm at because it's it's a lot. Like I think Tavistock is going to be the furthest that I go backwards. I, I don't want to go back any further than that because the, that is the whole uh, military pharma industrial complex coming to life. So I'm yeah. good. I'll pass. Look, I know people that like Jack Allen from uh from conspiracy or just a coincidence. Like he, he goes back to like the Knights and the Templar and all that. And uh, I just wish I had like, Oh, did we lose Tom? Oh, we lost him. I think so. Yeah, like that seems to be uh, Jack's like um, specialty, and I, I feel so stupid. Like when, when I'm watching it, I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. And I'm like, it's oh, a lot, know. man. It's a lot. Yeah. It's heavy. It's uh, you know. But I think that that's people being like really well versed yeah. in something and being really good at it, you yeah. know. And it's like. Thank you for taking the time to put that together for us noobs, you know, that want to look into it, but we don't know where to start. Because uh, that, and speaking of, I just have to bring it up because you brought it to my attention. Because of the Knights Templar, because uh, what's his face? Tim Ballard and Sean Reyes are confirmed Knights Templar, right? So I learned that recently. But uh, isn't it crazy that... Operation Underground Railroad and Sound of Freedom is just completely falling apart in the last three years. <laughs> Can we just acknowledge that, please? No, Although, that's absolutely just... what's going on. When Chris said that's... that to me, I was like, hot damn, that's amazing. Yeah, I got yelled at for it being clickbaity and, and things like that. And then I found the new, and then you found the Newsweek one. So that actually, you know, backed it up more than. The bro Bible, <laughs> like I, I mean, <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> no, but I got yeah. yelled at. That's clickbait. I'm like, like them talking about how that's not traffic. It doesn't matter what you show these people, Chris. They're still gonna tell you that it's clickbait. I know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Now I, I just wanted want... to acknowledge that. That's a very oh, good yeah. thing. I'm very happy. Now, are you uh, pretty much um, the people that were giving you a hard time? Are they are they pretty much uh, in their place right now? 
Like no, they're crazy. Well, you haven't been on Twitter. These people are I've going been, nuts. They're making I'm, threads about me. Dana, I'm like dying, so I'm trying to stay away from Twitter. I mean, yeah, sometimes I just like a, a Twitter Don't say is that, not, please. No, I'm saying Don't Twitter say is not healthy for people. And correct, uh, correct. I'm trying. So that's to, fine. No, you, you they have not. Me? They've come at me on YouTube and they've come at me on Twitter. So okay. it's fine. I've seen it. He yeah, synced no, it. I synced it. <laughs> okay, I right. it. Yeah, they're um they're all completely insane, and I don't feel bad saying that. Uh, Have you had you know, any any ex Scientology members that showed any kind of compassion or a different perspective other than threatening and? Sure, yeah. there's been a couple of people that are um like Tony's members who you know they it's like a dollar ninety nine, but I mean they shut down his they try to shut down his channel if he doesn't you know lock it in a certain way, and that's the only way that you can, and that's like the lowest price, so it's fine. But um, some of those people are super duper sweet, and that's fine. But the rest of these people are basically uh. They act like rabid animals and they yeah. don't understand that uh, the Aftermath Foundation isn't the first uh, philanthropy group that I've looked into that has a tax-free status and their tax paperwork is super sus. And that was kind of my first red flag. And then, you know, the girl that called me you know, dangerous QAnon, whatever, you know, me and Tony kind of looked into their page. And I mean, those girls are just straight up lying to their donors and we've proven it. We've proven it like just from stuff that they've shown, like they're straight up lying and they're taking people's money and uh, yeah. they're doing another grift. And then we found a nut. Well, I found, and we're going to talk about it at some point. There's another charity organization that's like building schools in Africa. So that's nice. And that money's also really weird. Uh, you know, it's it's just very bizarre, the stuff with the celebrities. And they're taking, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars from these ex-Scientology members. But it seems like they're all still practicing Scientology. I think that they're auditing people, like, on the low, which is weird, right? And also yeah. kind of dangerous because the Scientology auditing stuff is very uh, false memory to me. Yeah. It's very false memory syndrome to me. And that's where they all start to freak out and get jumpy. So I don't If know. I can jump in for a second. Um, one of the guys, one of the security guys that they talk about in this book, they had the Scientology auditing cans and they would take it and they would take them to like to when they were re recruiting new guys and they would use them as like the lie their lie detector shut up are you serious yeah yeah i gotta get that book dude i'm telling yeah. you there's i feel like scientology pulled off the whole like oh like we're kooky and like we believe in xenu like hey like xenu is like not a thing like i don't even know how that got into the vernacular right but right. i feel like they've pulled it off and they're in everything because they're in the process um right, right. I'm, I'm tracing jolly i'm getting close i'm tracing jolly to hubbard i'm very 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 close with one of the really weird um remote viewing programs like in back mm -hmm. in the 50s um and there's all like synanon is one 
And then there's a bunch of other really weird, um, like rehab, recovery, um, and also like child programs, like child development programs throughout like the 70s, um, going into the 90s even. So, I mean, obviously like Hubbard's dead and Jolly's dead, but still there's a lot of really weird ties, man. And like Scientology, their practices match almost all of these. What did you it's find really about, weird. Um, what did you find about Synanon? I mean, I haven't gone too far into it yet, but uh, so there's one guy and I don't want to like say anything incorrectly, but as far as Synanon goes, it seems like they almost kind of splintered off, you know, it's like all of these groups at the same time started uh, like splintering off and kind of doing their own thing. But the people that were running the show were still doing the same sort of behavior modification because that's what I would call Scientology. I would call all the cults that, you know, it's essentially some sort of like behavior modification, right? I yeah, think it's, it's it's so crazy that all these people are, we're all messing around in these same circles from the 30s up into the early 70s. And I, you know, I've got um, nothing but the utmost respect and love for, for Alcoholics Anonymous. It really helped me out, you know, when I needed it. Yeah. And I, like I said, I'd recommend it to anybody, but uh, Bill W, the founder, I mean, I guarantee you there's, there's weird stuff going on with that guy. There is. And, I there mean, absolutely it's, is. It's, a, it's a, it's a new age cult based in Christianity that splinters off into a bunch of new age stuff, but yeah. he was, he was taking LSD and psychedelics and that was originally supposed to be the 12th step. A lot of people think is, is that you would have a, a psychedelic trip. To induce, so, um, uh, to, to, to find God. Right. No, that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, he's on record he, as he, they say he's take he took three LSD trips at like, you know, 20 years sober or whatever, but the guy was like a gnarly womanizer and, and they would have to, um, I want to hear what you had to say. Sorry to interrupt Dana, but they no, would no, have, no, go ahead. like when he would go to, he would go to conventions and speak for that, like stadiums and have to stand in line. while people would come up and kiss his hand like he was a god and they would have yeah. to assign like handlers to him because he would like grope young women and stuff that's lovely there's no yeah. heroes <laughs> yeah that seems like a, a trend among cult leaders does it not yeah uh, the abuse of power because i mean i'm sober too like i get it you know alcoholics anonymous does absolutely help and my best friend she's she's sober um and she swears by it and she's got way more time than me um but i mean again like i have my specific beliefs and so i you right. know just i felt like it was kind of culty but i'm not saying that it doesn't help people but it is still a form of behavior modification oh, yeah, for sure um Alcoholics Anonymous is cited in that constitutional body rights, human experimentation thing multiple times. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember what That's I was going to say. No, but all of these people do, they all go back from yeah. the 20s because Hugh yeah. Crichton Miller specifically in Hypnotism and Disease, he specifically like talks about hallucinogens how new thought because you know new age is the same as new thought back then they just called it new thought but mm -hmm. like the whole like new thought belief you know he starts talking about that too and so much of jolly's work was focused on you know people talk about tusco and acid and i'm like no it was specifically like 
hypnotism. That was his big thing was hypnotizing people and using the drugs to enhance it and using torture to enhance it. But that's what Hugh Crichton Miller's book was about was hypnotism. And that's what they were doing at Tavistock because that was part of the behavior modification. All of these things are linked and I'm going to figure it out if it until it if it takes me to my grave because I don't have kids or anything else better to do. So that is what I will do. Yeah, if anybody wants to find out, um, if you guys don't know what Synanon is, it was this this weird kind of recovery cult that came out of uh, the rooms of AA. This guy yeah. started it in Southern California, and they had eventually ended up in Tamales Bay up in Marin County, California. And uh, there's a good like eight-part podcast about it called The Sunshine Place. I've listened to it before, and I just finished it again the other day. So it's it's worth a listen. Isn't that I'll something? Isn't that something where if you already feel helpless and you and you feel like, oh, I really need to get, I really need to get help somewhere, right? And then you you know in the back of your mind that there, <laughs> you got to try to help yourself or like people around you like that you trust. That's why when I was on uh, Angry Tigers Addiction Show, I said, you know, I was mentioning things other than you know specific programs or whatever and i agree with adam that like if that helped you oh the power to you but like i've seen so many times where like you know there's influence coming from like when i hear this like a bill w and all that like i don't know where i'm going with this but have you guys heard anything about the smart program yes um, it's that 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 committee i'm reading they talk about it so smart the smart program is uh toxic too i'm well i'm right now i'm getting through the seed program because that was here the, the smart program for anyone out there that doesn't know what i'm talking about the smart program is it's basically a recovery program but without the religion mixed in to it or at least that's what was told to me before that's that's what they say yeah okay. so this thing breaks down every single program that was going on at that time because you had like this sudden emergence right and like i yeah. said this is like right after the official end of like mk uh after you know uh gottlieb destroyed the paperwork so the one here specifically that made me think of Scientology was um, the seed program. And that was for kids run through foster care. Um, and then smart is talked about as well. Specifically Synanon is talked about. I mean, there's so many, it's 700 pages, but it breaks down the, <clears throat> the methods that they use in these programs and what they say the reason is. And then what they're actually doing you know right. like oh this is supposed to be thought reform or behavior reform or behavior modification but you know they're taking these people who are vulnerable what what have you this and that they don't legally let them out they make them confess to all of these people they get yeah. mocked by their peers until they modify their behavior x y and z there's a lot of abuse that goes on um it's really crazy a lot of blackmail schemes yeah like yes yeah. scientology still to this day has has rehabs and like family members will like put, you know, get their kids in there and stuff without knowing that it's Scientology. <laughs> People right. have to yep. they end up like behind a barbed wire fence and have to escape and stuff like that. Synanon did this thing. They were based around, um, you know, an AA, you go to a meeting and you, you, 
you, you share, you talk, but there's like no crosstalk. You're not supposed to talk to someone else like within the group during a meeting or like critique what someone said before. Yeah. And Synanon had this thing called, they would call it, they called it the game. And you would just like single people out and like yell at them about like what they did that would like, yep. that was upsetting you. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's it's a they have it, they have it recorded. But the thing, if you guys, um, have you guys ever listened to that, that podcast uh, transmissions from Jonestown? No, but I, I've heard about it's it. It's yeah. good. They they play a bunch of recordings so. of uh, like like in Guyana. They had when they finally got down there, and Jim Jones was really off his rocker on drugs all the time. He would just broadcast nonstop over the loudspeakers. Yeah. Um, at Jonestown, and uh, Synanon, they they all lived together. They had like a compound, and they had a, a radio station. And it was going on the same time as Jonestown, and like yes, it was. And uh, they had a radio station, and this guy—I forget the the head guy's name—he would just broadcast on it all day. They'd had it. What if, if it wasn't live? They'd play loops, and they'd loop. Uh, they'd play. They would record these games, and they would play those. But it, it just reminded me of so much stuff that was going on because it's right in the same vicinity as where Jonestown started, and uh, same time, same kind of guy. Um, yeah. Kind of like they, a lot of it's the same sort of behavior, like how Jim Jones would make people like rat out their family members and yeah. like, you know, you need to beat her. You need to, you know, kick him, whatever, and have people. Yeah. Get, it's, the, it's the exact same thing. And that's what the Scientology like fair gaming policy like. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. And, you know, so these cults <clears throat> technically were starting after Scientology because Scientology started the exact same time, like within a six month difference as MK Ultra. So mm -hmm. I think that Scientology was because Hubbard was begging Hoover. He was begging Hoover. He wanted to be hired for under the DOD as an agent of psychological warfare that is in writing. And they're like, mm, we'll we'll do your remote viewing exercise and we'll see how that goes. And we're not going to do it under the CIA. We're going to do it under the DIA. And they did. Um and then after that, you know, then he goes and starts Scientology. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jolly's coming out and going on the uh, cult circuit saying that Hubbard's a quack and this and that. And I'm like, is he really? Because uh, it sounds like that whole where you're uh, auditing and confessing and fair gaming. It sounds like literally every other cult that came after that where a bunch of people end up dying usually. So, yeah, I don't buy it. Have you ever seen uh, The Master? that movie with philip seymour hoffman yeah 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 i don't think it's, so you should oh you should watch it it's i love philip, i love philip, philip seymour i mean hoffman. it's he's he's playing l ron hubbard without yeah. calling him that. shut up and and it's just like the 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 origin of how kind of how scientology started it's really it's wow a, it's a wild movie it's got um the hair look guy uh feet uh walking phoenix Walk in it was he in that yeah, he's like yeah. this crazy alcoholic sailor, and he somehow ends up with L. Ron Hubbard. It's, I mean, go watch it tonight after we're done. It's, yeah, it's yeah I'm totally gonna watch it because I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, um, man, he's dead now. God, what is that? Uh, did they have Jack Parsons in it? Did it have them doing their weird black sex magic? They don't go that deep. <laughs> I was but gonna say yeah. nobody. I think there's nobody in it. That, like he's not called L. Ron Hubbard in it. You know. Okay. Okay. So, so but, it's just but, sure. But it's showing like um just how he how he gets started and how he's like sailing around with this group of people and 
I'd have to, I have to watch it again now that I know a little bit more, but yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause like when I point out, like once everybody started freaking out after I brought up the false memory thing, I'm like, you know, now that I think about it, isn't it really weird that L. Ron like didn't think that age was a thing because everybody had past lives and he would tell those little girls like, oh, you're an adult in a in a child's body and, you know, uh, planting memories from past lives. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Is this like the first government cult? Because I'm sorry, how do these people get away with so much criminality? Um, you know, that Danny Masterson thing, he's getting sentenced today. That was like a huge deal in the ex-Scientology community. And everybody's like, oh my God, he's finally, uh, and I, don't get me wrong. Those, those women deserve to, you know, have their day in court and for him to be punished. That's one thing, but you know, and then uh, Leah Remini, you know, files a lawsuit now against uh, Scientology uh, this week for like the fair gaming and stalking and stuff. And I'm like, didn't she have a show on A&E like 15 years ago? Like, was she ever actually a threat? Because they knew on, exactly where she was at. She's on Joe Rogan like uh, five years ago talking about yeah. all the Scientology because she yeah, had Yeah, I don't buy it. Yeah. I'm sorry. They're very powerful and they get away with a lot of stuff. So I seriously think that it's like a military slash naval operation. I think that they have a lot of immunity. Uh, I don't buy it. I think that they are tied to intelligence. I think that all of these uh, celebrities that leave or uh, I think like Danny Masterson was like a public sacrifice, you know, just to kind of shut everybody up for a while. Uh, who knows who will be the next one? But That's I think that the whole thing wolf. is a joke. Yeah. At a really rudimentary level, Dana, do you think that now I never kind of thought of this, I probably should have. Do you think that the audits are a tool of the 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 state to have blackmail on, blackmail. on people? yes absolutely because um so specifically um and I'll, I'll just i'll message you the name of it i won't say it on air but it's one of the one of the bigger shows because one of the biggest shows uh basically told everybody where i work which was really really nice to oh, like a thirty thousand per person audience but um they had someone on who was a former uh high level auditor so i don't know how their ranking system works but there are levels to all of that stuff right um so this individual was talking about how as the you know very high ranking auditor um basically sitting there listening to a bunch of people confess to some extremely heinous crimes against children and it's just tucked away for blackmail, saved for a rainy day when they need it. So while I'm sorry that that was a role that maybe you felt your life was threatened, uh, you know, and that was your job that you were forced into, you're no longer a part of that organization. And now you're complicit in the cover up of a crime and mm -hmm. in in what I would understand to be the court of law, unless you have immunity, mm -hmm. which yeah. would then make a whole lot of sense to me. Because there is a lot of that stuff within the ex-Scientology community with these high-level former auditors is a lot of them talking about these people that have confessed some very serious crimes against children. And no one gets punished. So this uh, crowd on YouTube comes, you know, oh, you're sharing your story. You're so brave, right? You're being so brave. 
And I'm not saying that they're not. However, I'm not emotional about it. Okay. I can sit as an objective party watching from the outside and I want to know why nobody's reporting any of this. Seriously, because if this level of criminality is going on, especially near where I'm at, because everybody's like, oh, the celebrities in Hollywood. Okay. I live in Florida. They own a city. Scientology owns a city here, an entire city. Was that so clear water? Why is nobody beating them down and arresting these people? That's what I want to know. And I think it's because they have immunity straight up. I think the whole X thing is complete trash. Sorry. All right, Tom, give us your thoughts, buddy. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm learning when Dana talks, you know what I'm saying? Cause I don't know a whole lot about all this stuff. I mean, I've watched some documentaries on, on Scientology and stuff like that, but I haven't really done a deep dive. I just know that they're messed up. So, um, when Dana's talking, either, man, yeah. I haven't either. I haven't learned about it in a long time. Like I did the whole, like before I got PTK pilled, I did the whole like last pot on the left Scientology, you know, hearing it from that perspective, the history of L. Ron, but now, you know, looking through the black vault and reading L. Ron Hubbard's writings to Hoover, seeing, you know, that he was trying to uh, send fingerprints of the entire church to Hoover because he was ready to sell them out as commies. Like, you know, it was just very, very weird how everything worked out, but it's this whole uh, history of criminality and no one being punished. And that doesn't make any sense to me because I'm going on a YouTube channel where there's 30,000 viewers, right? And yeah. I'm talking about, these people are talking about these crimes in detail. How are the cops not showing up at the door, man? Because they're probably part of it. Well, you got... We got some comments and some questions in the chat room here on uh, Rumble. Uh -oh. No, no, um, no. Harlan Stonewall, he asks, ask her if she sees if she sees many pedo slash trafficking cases that aren't high profile and current, not tied to the elite. Yeah, absolutely. That one that I'm working. Well, the guy, um, they're waiting on the um, Scottish. It's the Scottish ministers to decide if they're going to extradite him because the judge approved it to extradite Nicholas Oliverdian back. But I mean, that was a DCYF CPS trafficking case. There's a lot of those that are going on right now. Okay. And then someone else made the comment that cults are sub projects. Okay, McGowan. Touche. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the serial killer thing I thought we had. Scientologists voiced against it, and there were articles they tried to derail the film, The Master. I remember that. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. Soil Lodge, he goes, yeah, yep, wild movie. Yeah. It was actually. Oh, hi, Soil Lodge. That's awesome. Yeah, and then we got um, the Elron Alistair Crowley feud is interesting, says number six. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be a big part of what I look into is the whole uh, stuff with Crowley and Hubbard because they don't want to talk about that either. Yeah, well, the yeah, I got in trouble with uh, someone I know uh, 
So I don't really even, I don't know where to begin with that. But um, in the real estate deals that Scientology gets. <laughs> yeah, there's that. I always thought that, it, it, to me personally, I always, with the auditing thing, I'm like, they want your black, they want something to blackmail, you know. I'm not a very smart fella, as you could tell by the way I'm uh, talking right now, <laughs> but at a base level, just base logic, you got to tell it's all your dark, darkest and, dir and dirtiest secrets to some stranger. It's, it reminds me of, and not to offend anyone else, but the confession, you know, because uh, I went to I went to CCD and all that growing up. I'm not, Chris, that's what exactly what that's for. It's so they can blackmail their top parishioner. Right. The people that sit in the front row every day, every Sunday, they're the ones getting blackmailed. Yeah. Look, so I don't look, know. It's just so when I was when I was a kid, uh, we knew I was in Catholic school and uh, my parents, uh, my mom knew this lady that was in, in the church. She was involved in our church and they were they were super poor. They had just moved to San Diego and stuff. So they were trying to, the church was trying to help out, you know, like uh, my mom would let her babysit us so she could make some extra money. Right. But dude, I'm going to be real honest with you, Chris, um, both their daughter and their oldest, their oldest son and their daughter was right underneath him. And I'm not going to lie, dude. I think them, the kids were being abused by the, by the priest in the in that church um because boy they did whatever the church said you know what i mean um to the t and uh it, it's just it was very weird situation was just i remember being a kid it was just a weird situation you know what i mean like i was an altar boy at one time but i think those priests they know which kids they can mess with and because they've been doing Absolutely. this for so long so they know which kids they can mess with and which ones they type. can't. Yeah. Well, they they probably knew that I would run go run my mouth as soon as something happened. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I would have. Yeah. yeah. Well, and of course, that didn't last too long. <laughs> I I went to Catholic school too, and um, all that stuff. I mean, it happened everywhere. It was happening everywhere right. in the '80s. It happened to my school. I mean, the, yeah. there was an, I never had any idea. I was a little kid, you know, and um. I never had to deal with any of that because I've got good parents and like a strong family. It's like, they're going to go for like the divorce yeah. kids from divorce, broken homes yeah. and, and stuff like that. Absolutely. They target, they target people that are vulnerable and that's the same thing with cults. That's the same thing with like recovery programs. People are vulnerable, you yeah, know, they're, they're prime picking to manipulate. Right. So I basically on the addiction recovery episode, of the tiger's den that's why i brought up the thing about oh yeah when uh these certain programs when they say oh write down all the things you uh regret and everything you know and i'm like and give it to who and to tell who like it always just sounds like a blackmail thing like with the various religions and things like that i'm like and then ann who was on there said yeah well maybe just write it down for yourself you know what i mean like an inventory like sure but I get wary of shit like that because I hear all these horror stories and all these very, you know, anyone that can use something against you, even if it's nothing that's illegal or whatever, it's like, I know. No, it's I don't know. Man. I've done that shit like 10 times with somebody else and I don't know, no problems with that. So, no, it's different not, with everybody. I no, think no, like your comfort level. Adam, no, I'm not saying like with just with like AA. I just mean in the, the idea of just telling 
someone these things when you can like deal with it in your own way. You know what I mean? Like without having someone that has something to hold over you potentially down the line or whatever. And so sure. I hope you're not thinking I'm attacking like uh, things that worked for you. That's not what I meant. I just meant like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's like a misappropriation of power. Like it's the power dynamic, right? Someone has so something like depending on. Yeah. That you trust so, like, them and then you confide who, in them. It always depends who's involved, right? So right. if you have, whether it's, you know, Narconon, Al-Anon, whether it's mental health, like some sort of like rehab facility where they're doing that behavior modification. If the person uh, in charge, if they're nefarious, then, you know, that's just yeah. kind of your uh, luck at that point. Right. right. Uh, and you're the one in the vulnerable position seeking help. I mean, like I said, my best friend, she's been sober for over five years and she's faithful with uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's I think she's a badass, it. you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's worked out great for her and she's helped out a lot of people. Um, just when but, I hear stories like with Bill W, like a kiss the ring thing, you know, like I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, you're not a god, you know what I mean? It just pisses yeah. me off. I don't, yeah, shit like that pisses me off, man, you know. Um, yeah, that's so, I'm, uh, you know, I grew up Catholic and that whole um, thing with confession and like going in the little booth with the window. Yeah. Is, I'm, I'm Orthodox Christian now. And like, if you want to go to confession during liturgy, which is our mask, you just wait in line. And you just go up and there's another priest sitting on the side and you just, you talk to him, but there's no like hiding yeah. in front of anybody or anything like that. You know, there's no like, and I, I think that's why there's not uh, part of the, re I mean, there's a lot of reasons why there's not as many issues with the stuff that's going on in Catholicism and Orthodoxy. But I mean, that's one of the main ones right there. You can also like get married and stuff if you're a priest. So that's right. Or like a deacon or whatever. Right. Right. That too. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just want to just, I don't know. Tom, your thoughts. <laughs> Let me go back to the chat. We're, we're going to wrap up soon just because my health is in decline. And uh, let me see right here. Um, it is a good evening. And thank you for Tom and Chris for having combos with awesome people like Adam and Dana. Thank you. Anybody get down with Alan Watts on the panel? Alan Watts? Yeah. Anybody into Heard the of work of Alan Watts? Um, I've seen some of his stuff, but not a whole lot. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good evening. Um, I probably, I've, I've yeah. probably looked more into, um, what's his name? Um, Is Alan Watts one of those old like psychonaut guys? Uh, I think he was like into tripping on acid and all that kind yeah. of shit. Yeah. Like Terrence McKenna. Yeah, something like that. The guy who told us that like we need to do have psychedelic uh, trips so we can see the machine elves who would tell us that we all need to uh, have a one <laughs> have a one world government so that the he'd be like we need to have a one world government so the machine elves told me we need to have a socialist government otherwise the aliens are gonna come and take over that's that's my turn that's McKenna. the one <laughs> yeah i haven't yeah <laughs> i've had my own experiences on lsd and mushrooms um i don't need those gentlemen's help <laughs> the machine the machine elves the machine elves didn't tell you that that we need to 
create a one world socialist government. No, I haven't done DMT. I've, no, I've tripped pretty hard on acid, but not not that, not like yeah. that. Uh, the gnomes were running around because I'm a healthcare worker, so I have to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just robo tripped. That's about it. <laughs> now you <laughs> some bad. You some you bad. Yourself on Robitussin. <laughs> yeah, and my grandmother told me about the one world government. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember. That was awesome. That's the best thing I've ever heard, Chris. You yeah. just made my day. <laughs> no, no. I learned the secrets of the universe. Well, hey, well, at least Grandma knew the secrets of the universe, right? <laughs> her locked up still, right, Tom? For the yeah, she's in my basement, man. I got. I'm taking care of her. Don't trip. <laughs> were you okay? I have to ask, Chris. Were you? Was it Robitussin my head, or was it Coracidin? Yes. Okay. A little bit from column A. A little bit from column B. <laughs> Those fruit roll-ups were not uh, looking too too healthy either. And on that note. Uh, yeah, so everyone, um, starting with the, the awesome Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pill, which is coming back very soon, right? Yeah, we'll be back. Uh, I think um, Deborah and I are just going to do a catch-up show to talk to each other about what's been going on on the 5th of September. And then after that, we've got uh, some guests lined up. So if anybody, uh, you guys are all welcome on there. I'd love to have you all. And uh, if anybody else out there has suggestions or has a story to tell, themselves i'm into parapolitics true crime um and kind of like dana you know 20th century and up is is kind of like where i like to concentrate and um yeah just uh love to hear from everybody deborah gets red pilled um, no, no aliens though right no no aliens what about ghosts um, ghosts i forgot yeah i I'll, I'll, I'll do ghosts um Oh. But yeah, you can follow us at uh, Deborah Gets Red Pilled everywhere. And if you want to see what my wife and I are up to on our homestead, it's yeah. uh, Rising Tide Homestead, one word on Instagram. Awesome. Miss Dana? Me? Oh, hello. Um, you can find <laughs> me uh, Rotting Jewels on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, we're going through Jolly and West and Tavistock. And I am on Twitter at Dana Duda talking about everything. So please go watch Dana's stuff. She does good work. Please. It's Thank rotting. It's, rotting uh, it's very eye opening. Yeah, rotting jewels, all one word. So rotting like the fruit, and then jewels like jewelry. Like the cool. fruit. <laughs> what is he a fruit? No. Um. <laughs> as I guess, is do you guys have anything, any way for people to support your uh, your podcast and your work and everything too? I uh, always forget that. Watch, like, share, whatever. I'll make no money. Yeah, do all that stuff for me too. And uh, if you want to contribute five bucks, we got all those uh, links on my on the episode pages. But we haven't earned any of that for a while. So yeah, I just hope people uh, come back and find us. Subscribe now. There's like 200 episodes for us before we took a break, and we'll be back soon. You can kind of see the evolution of where we started and where we're going now. So, and Dana, uh, if you can't find this book, hit me up, and I'll ship it off to you. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, I I hit you back up on Twitter now that I know you're not an ex Scientologist <laughs> trying to uh, like dox me. So <laughs> oh. I'm not either. No, well, I know no Scientology going on here. 
Okay. <laughs> All right, Tom, Mr. Cooper. They always say conspiring with Tom Cooper. I'm like, it's conspiring with Mr. Cooper. It's supposed to be a take on the old TV show, uh, hanging yeah. with Mr. Cooper. And uh, even Chuck is like, yeah, dude, what are you doing, that Tom Cooper thing? I'm like, no. <laughs> they don't see my genius, Tom. I, I did. <laughs> That's all that matters, Chris, right? I know, sir. Yes, yes. You're, you're, how can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, um, and uh, all TMP platforms. There, we're on everything except for YouTube. So, that's where you can find me. And, uh, how about you? Where are you at, Chris? No, I'm not. (laughs) I don't want to be found. I can't be. Okay. Hey, I just want to. I want to. I want to thank Dana and Adam for coming oh, on. Oh yeah, thank great, you guys. Great. Oh, um, you're welcome. And I want to thank, thank all the people me. watching too. I was raised and, in a barn, so I have no manners. No, 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 no. I forget too <laughs> sometimes. So, let paint, let paint in the 1980s, my friend. And on that note, Michael Myers. Okay. All right. Good night, everybody. Have a good night. See y'all.